Okay, uh, praises be to our Father that we are able to continue studying his words and his commands. And tonight we're going to basically answer just one question or maybe a series of connected questions related to the topic of the 24 elders. One of our viewers um, has noticed that when we were studying the book of Revelation, the previous episodes of the BHP, that the 24 elders of heaven seem to pop up here and there, which prompted her to ask the question, well, who are the 24 elders in heaven? So let's go ahead and proceed to the series of questions. This is what the reader or the viewer has asked. Who, uh, dear Brother John, who could be the 24 elders mentioned in the book of Revelation? Are they angels or the patriarchs of Israel, the 12 apostles or the beheaded saints? Are these just visions and metaphors? I'm just curious, brother, because we learned that the dead will rise on Judgment Day. And so let's go ahead and begin answering these questions. Let's begin with this one. Are they the angels? So are the 24 elders in heaven referring to angels? Now, when we say angels, we are, of course, referring to celestial beings. So the question can be rephrased as follows. Are the 24 elders mentioned in the book of Revelation, celestial beings. To answer that question, let's go to Revelation chapter 4 and the verses 1 all the way to 5. After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. There was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire, were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of Elohim. And so we know that Apostle John was the one who wrote the book of Revelation. Revelation 1 basically serves as an introduction to the outline of the contents to be found in the book of Revelation. Revelation 2 to 3 concerns the message of our King Yahushua to the seven assemblies. And then we jump to Revelation 4. And so in Revelation 4, the Apostle John sees a vision of an open door, and he's being invited to go up to heaven, and so he was in the spirit, and while he was in the spirit, he sees a vision of the throne room of Yahuwah Elohim. So there is one who sits on the throne, and surrounding the throne, he sees a vision of 24 elders, and so who are the 24 elders? Are they human beings? Are they celestial beings? Let's go ahead and investigate because in this first part of our study, a case can actually be made that the 24 elders of the book of Revelation are, are, are celestial beings, meaning they're not human beings, but are celestial beings. So let's go ahead and take a look at the case for the 24 elders being celestial beings. Let's go to Revelation 5, 8 to 10, because in this passage of scripture, there's a song that is sang by the 24 elders, which may give us a clue concerning their nature. Let's read all about the song in Revelation 5, 8 to 10. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a heart and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And so here in Revelation 5, 8 to 10, in the throne room of, of Elohim, in the vision of the apostle John, he describes a lamb. And together with the lamb are the 24 elders and the four living creatures. And they sing a new song. In the song, they, see, they sing about the lamb who was slain. And by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Yahushua, 
There were people who were purchased, people who were redeemed by his blood, meaning they were atoned for so that their sins are negated and they have been made right with Yahuwah. And so they have the promise of being kingdoms, of becoming a kingdom and priests to serve our God and reign on the earth. And so the 24 elders are singing a song about people who would be redeemed by the blood of our king, Yahusha. You notice that in this song sang by the 24 elders, they make themselves distinct from the people purchased by the blood of Yahuwah. That's why in the song it says, with, with your blood, you purchased men for God. And then in verse 10, it says, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. So in the song sang by the 24 elders, they, they're making themselves distinct, meaning they're not included among the men, among the people who were redeemed by the blood of our King Yahusha. If that is the case, well, how can they be in heaven? Because for one to be in heaven, if you're a human being, is if you are redeemed by the blood of Yahusha. And so because the 24 elders make themselves distinct, that they are not the men who would become kings and priests to rule the earth, and they cannot be a human being. And so they probably are celestial beings. So the 24 elders in the song in Revelation 5 were distinct from the people purchased by the blood of the Lamb. What also is another case for the 24 elders being celestial beings? Let's read Revelation 7, 13 to 14. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so in this vision of the Apostle John, he sees all this multitude of people wearing white robes, and they are, the, the one of the elders asks the Apostle John, who are they? And an apostle John responds by saying, sir, you know. And so the apostle John, who is an apostle, who has a higher rank when it comes to the kingdom of our king Yahusha, because not only was he a witness, he was the apostle, the disciple loved by Yahusha himself. And in this passage, we have the apostle John interacting with one of the elders. And in, in this interaction, the one of the elders was referred to by the Apostle John as Sir. And when you call someone Sir, it is to express that you acknowledge their seniority or their high rank compared to your position. And so when the Apostle John said Sir to one of the elders, Apostle John is telling us that these elders are not human beings. And so the status of an elder is higher than that of the Apostle John, which would suggest a celestial being and not a human being. So that's one, uh, another reason for a case that human, be that celestial beings are referred, are the ones referred to by the 24 elders. What's another case? Let's read Revelation 7, 15 and 17. Uh, Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him uh, day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And so as the Apostle John continues to describe the blessing of the people who were wearing white robes, Bible says, uh, that they are before the throne of God, they shall neither hunger anymore, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So the elder continues to speak of human beings as they and not we, okay? And so that's another indication that the elders are different from uh, the people or human beings. Another reason, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. 
And so according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, the 24 elders in the vision of the Apostle John, well, each is has a harp and also a golden bowl full of incense. And what does the incense represent? It represents the prayers of the saints. If that's the case, then it would mean that the prayers of the saints have been entrusted to human beings. And so what would human beings do with the prayers of the saints? In Revelation 8.3, the Bible tells us to whom the incense and the prayers of human beings have been entrusted to. Is it to human beings or is it to a celestial being? Revelation 8.3, then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So according to the Holy Scriptures, the incense, the golden censer was entrusted to an angel. And in this case, it would be a celestial being. And so the prayers of Elohim were not entrusted to human beings, but in the song or in the Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, it tells us that the 24 elders, each of them had the golden bowl that contained incense representing the prayers of human beings. What else? is another reason which makes a good argument that indeed the 24 elders are celestial beings and not human beings. Revelation 14, 1 down to 3, this is what it says. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters and like the voice of loud thunder, and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. And so here we get a clue concerning the identity of the 24 elders. According to the Holy Scriptures, the 24 elders, well, they were unable to sing the song that the 144,000 human beings, because they were redeemed from the earth, so there were human beings, the 144,000, who are able to sing and know the song mentioned in Revelation 14. However, who could not learn the song? The 24 elders. Why not? Because it was not meant for them. Because the work of the Lamb is not to redeem celestial beings, but to redeem human beings from the earth. And so this is another good argument that the 24 elders are celestial beings because the elders could not learn the song that 144,000 redeemed human beings were able to learn. And lastly, Revelation 19 and the verses 4, and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And so we find this is actually the last time the 24 elders show up. And in this scene, the 24 elders praise Yahuwah, saying, Amen, praise Yahuwah, right? That's what hallelujah means. It means praise uh, Yahuwah, halal, yah, praise Yahuwah. And so this is the last appearance of the 24 elders. It just so happens this last appearance of the 24 elders introduces the next major event in human redemptive history, which would be what? In verse 11, now I saw heaven open and behold the white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And so right before the final appearance of the 24 elders, our King Yahusha from heaven, together with the saints, they will descend from heaven because the heavens open and they will descend and they will make war and they will judge. And it, this will lead to Armageddon, the final war and the beast and the false prophet would be destroyed and be cast into the lake of fire. And then the devil would be imprisoned in the pit. And so this would usher in the millennial kingdom. Throughout the millennial kingdom, there is no longer a mentioning of the 24 
elders, the 24, the 24 elders are not specifically mentioned in the millennial kingdom because they are celestial beings. This is why it's not a surprise that during the description of the millennial kingdom in the book of Ezekiel, it doesn't mention celestial beings or 24 celestial beings ruling the millennial kingdom. That's because their, their, their place is the throne of God in heaven, not here on earth. And so this would suggest that 24 elders are not human beings, but are celestial beings. So we have a number of good arguments that inform us that the 24 elders are celestial beings. So this is what we have so far. Number one, the 24 elders were distinct from the people purchased by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 5, 8 to 10. The status of an elder is higher than that of the Apostle John, Revelation 7, 13 to 14. The elder continues to speak to human beings as they are not we, Revelation 7, 15 and 17. The prayers to Elohim are not entrusted to human beings, Revelation 5, 8, Revelation 8, 3. Uh, the elders could not learn the song that the 144,000 redeemed human beings were able to learn. Revelation 14, 1 to 3. And lastly, the 24 elders are not specifically mentioned in the millennial kingdom because they are celestial beings and they have their own place where they fulfill their duty, which is the throne of Elohim. So that's according to Revelation 19, 4 and 11. So when we look at these arguments, a strong case can be made, right? That the elders are celestial beings. Of these arguments, which do you think is the most, let's say, the best argument for the 24 elders being celestial beings? Which would you select? If you only had one argument, if you only had one basis and one reason to believe that the 24 elders are celestial beings, which one would you select? of these arguments here. The last one, number one, probably uh, my wife says the last one, the 24 elders are not specifically mentioned. That's a good one, but I'd also like to focus your attention on the first one. The 24 elders were distinct from the people purchased by the blood of the lamb, right? When they sang the song, they said that they were redeemed, right? The men, uh, but we'll get back to that a little later on because we'll show you something which cause you to question a lot of things, but we'll go there later on. So that's case number one, right? And so let's go to the next question. Uh, or the patriarchs of Israel. In other words, are, were the 24 elders the patriarchs of Israel, the 12 apostles or the behead, beheaded saints? And so in terms of the question and men the mentioning of the patriarchs and the apostles and the beheaded saints, this question can basically be rephrased, are the 24 elders human beings who represent maybe the church or represent Israel, or could they be human beings? And so in the first part of our study, we brought up a case that it could be celestial beings. In this part of our study, we're going to develop now a case for human beings so that we can compare and contrast and then look at both arguments and make our own decision concerning what to believe, okay? And so let's go ahead and develop this case for human beings. In Revelation chapter four and verses four, around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And this is a very powerful argument, which suggests that these elders are actually human beings. First of all, it mentions elders, right? It mentions the word elder. And the word elder in Greek, because Revelation 4, verse 4 is, was written in Greek, the one that comes from our English Bibles today. Anyways, uh, elder comes from the Greek word presbyteros. And that word presbyteros or elders suggests someone who is of age. Because when you think of an elder, it means before he wasn't in that position. There's a, a, different stages of maturity. And so it takes time to develop, to grow, to mature, to become an elder. And this, so this tells us there is this process of growth. And so if a, the process of growth represent, uh, is contained in the definition of the word elder, it's kind of hard to envision a celestial being going through a process of maturity, right? 
Only human beings go through the process of maturity, not celestial beings. Furthermore, the word elder or in, in, the, in the English is presbyteros, which is a presbyter. And all throughout scripture, right? Even before the book of Revelation, in all of the New Testament scriptures, the word elder is never used to refer to celestial beings, but only to human beings. So the term elder, which suggests maturity, can only be appropriately used of human beings. And as a matter of fact, it's only used to refer to human beings prior to revelation. And in fact, we can even say throughout the whole Bible, if we take the stand that the word elder, the 24 elders are human beings and not celestial beings. So that's a very powerful argument uh, in my estimation, the word elder itself, because if it was were celestial beings, then maybe the word elder should not have been used, right? But the fact that elder is used tells us that it, it is it referring to human beings who represent, in my estimation, the people of Israel, because during the days of Israel, the leaders were called what? Elders. During the New Testament times, the leaders were called what? Elders. And so we have the elders during the days of Moses, the elders during the days of our King Yahusha. And so you have 12 elders representing Israel, 12 elders representing the apostles. And so you have 12 and 12, 24. So this could represent, the elders could be representing uh, the people redeemed by Yahusha who are now in heaven because of the redemption and the power of the blood that cleanses them and prepares them for the work of being elders in the kingdom of, in the kingdom, the future millennial kingdom. Okay, so that's a powerful one. And, and if we stick in Revelation chapter four, verse four, it also tells us that these four elders, 24 elders are on thrones. That's interesting because nowhere else in scripture do, we, do you find celestial beings sitting on thrones. Human beings, on the other hand, according to scripture in the future, will sit on thrones. For example, in Revelation 3, 21 to 22, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the, uh, the spirit says to the assembly. So here... We have our King Yahusha making a promise. To whom does he make this promise? Well, it's included in his message to the seven assemblies. And it's important that we understand the message of our King Yahusha to the seven assemblies. This is why beginning this coming weekend, our worship service topic will be about the message of Yahusha uh, to the seven assemblies. And one of the messages is a promise to those who overcome. Bible says, to him who overcomes, to those who belong to the assembly, and are overcomers, they will sit with Yahusha on his throne. And so nowhere do we find in scripture that says angels and celestial beings are sitting on thrones. But here we have a promise of the overcomers sitting on thrones together with our king, Yahusha, and who also received a promise that they would sit on thrones. Luke 22, 29 to 30 and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And so here, a promise of our King Yahushua to his apostles that they will sit on thrones. And so we have a promise of the overcomer, a promise to the Apostles, that they will sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And so what does it mean that they are to sit on thrones? Revelation 22, uh, 2, 26 to 27, to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father, what does it mean that the overcomers, the apostles are going to be sitting on thrones? It means they're going to receive authority over the nations. And what authority will they have? Authority to teach, authority to judge, to settle disputes during the millennial 
kingdom. And so they will have authority, which tells us what sitting on thrones represent or mean. It doesn't mean they're going to be sitting on thrones doing nothing, right? They're sitting on thrones because they're going to have work to do. And that work is to teach and to judge, which is what we discuss in our one of our episodes in the BHVA, I believe, concerning living in the millennial kingdom. And also, when will this begin? When will they sit on thrones? Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them. It doesn't say celestial beings, right? Human beings are sitting on the thrones. This is after Yahushua descends from heaven. The, after the last appearance of the 24 elders, what we have is the heavens opening up, Revelation 19. Yahushua and his saints are going down. They're descending to destroy uh, the enemy, namely the adversary, the beast and the false prophet. They will be destroyed. And after they're destroyed, and after the, the devil is cast into prison for a thousand years, the Bible says Apostle John sees uh, thrones and people sitting on them and have been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Yahushua and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And so we see that the thrones mentioned upon which the elders are going to sit, or the overcomers and the apostles are going to sit, represents authority to judge and to rule with Yahushua during the millennial kingdom for a thousand years. And so throughout scripture, we don't find any evidence that celestial beings are going to be sitting on thrones. We don't find any evidence that celestial beings are going to be present ruling over the nations here on earth. They are human beings because the work of the land, the purpose of the earth is not for celestial beings. The purpose of the earth is for human beings, the creation of human beings and the redemption and restoration of human beings, which will be completed during the millennial kingdom. And also, uh, just of note, in First Chronicles 24, the descendants of Aaron, which were the priests in Israel, were divided into 24 sections to determine the order in which they would minister before the Lord. First Chronicles 25, the musicians were divided into 24 sections, and they were responsible for worship in the house of the Lord. So it's possible that the 24 elders using 24 suggests that they represent both the ecclesia and Israel, that which was redeemed by the Lamb, so that they will exercise authority over the nations when they will rule during the millennial kingdom. And so the fact that it mentions thrones so this suggests and tells us that human beings, not celestial beings, are the ones referred to by the 24 elders, because human beings who overcome and not celestial beings sit on thrones, okay? Let's go to another argument in Revelation 4.4 still, right? It mentions they're clothed in white robes. Now, to be fair, um, angels were seen during biblical times during the Old Testament, during the New Testament, right? In fact, an angel, angels were seen wearing white at the, uh, the, the site where Yahushua was buried. Angels wearing white were described in the Old Testament. And so angels, celestial beings wearing white is nothing new. But there's something about being clothed in white robes mentioned in Revelation 4.4 that make it different from the white linen worn by celestial angels. What is that? What does the, what do the clothes, what does the white robes refer to? Well, the white robes, when we read this in context, it is in cooperation with the other elements found in Revelation 4:4. What are they? Thrones, crowns of gold, white robes. So this tells us achievement. Like there's a prize for achieving or overcoming something, right? When you achieve and overcome something, then you're going to sit in the throne. You'll be dressed in white. And you'll be given a crown, right? And so this, so this tells us the white robe is not something that was given to them in the beginning. It's something that's given to them at the end, after they achieve something, after they overcome something. And so they're given the white robes. 
And to whom are they given to? Revelation 3, verse 5, it mentions, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And so the giving of a white garment, the giving of white clothes, that is given to the overcomer. It's given not before, but after achieving something. And the angels who were wearing white linen, they were not given their white clothing because he achieved something. It was given to them at the outset. Here, it's because they overcome, right? And so they're given the white robe. What proves that they're overcomers? Revelation 19, 6 to 8. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise Yahuwah. Praise Yahuwah, our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And so in Revelation 19, it speaks of the linen the pure white linen to wear to be given to who to the bride and so the white linen given to the overcomer represents good deeds and so there's a strong likelihood the white robes that are to be given to those who are or the, the white robes being worn by the 24 elders they were given to them after they achieved victory, after they, will, they were able to overcome. So the white robes that represent good deeds are given to human beings and not celestial beings. So in connection with that, Revelation 4.4 not only describes the throne, not only describes the white robe, but also describes the crowns of gold. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't see really celestial beings being described as wearing crowns of gold, right? And the crowns that is mentioned in Revelation 4.4 is a crown that implies prize, like a winning a prize, and you get a, a crown because there are two kinds of crowns. There's diadem and there's stephanos. We talked about this before. Stephanos is the crown that you give someone who wins them like an Olympic Games. And you give a crown. It's more like a wreath, not really a, a crown. Whereas a, a diadem is something, you know, that a person who wears it without achieving anything or uh, someone that is inherently his. Okay. And so here, the crown used is Stephanos, which means a wreath or garland, which has been given as a prize to victors in public games. And so that's why it's given to an overcomer. Crown, the, the crown worn by the 24 elders represents victory. They were not given the crown before. They were given the crown after their victory. They were given the white clothes to wear after their victory. They were given the throne after their victory. So they're overcomers. Does the Bible tell us that there's a crown reserved for overcomers who are human beings? Yeah, Revelation chapter 2. And the verse is 10, do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be, you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. And so Yahushua makes a promise of the overcomer that he will be given a crown, crown of life. In verse 11 of chapter three, behold, I am coming quickly, hold fast, what you have, that no one may take your crown. And so there's a crown to be given to human beings, to the assembly in Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 3, because 2 and 3 of Revelation is about the message of Yahushua to the assembly and promises to those who are overcomers. And so the promise includes white linen, white clothes. The promise includes the throne, and the promise includes the crown. And so Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, it describes all three, the crown, the white clothes, and uh, the throne. And this is why we there's a good argument to be made that the 24 elders are human beings, or they represent human beings. So crowns are given to human beings as a prize 
to win. Revelation 4.4, describing the 24 elders, thrones, white robes, crowns of gold, they're all prizes to be given to the overcomers in Revelation 2 and 3. And Revelation 2 and 3 speak of human beings, not celestial beings. And so it seems pretty clear that the 24 elders are human beings, that they somehow represent, somehow represent, right, um, the ecclesia and those who are redeemed by the blood of our King Yahusha. What else? Um, tells us that the 24 elders are human beings. Let's read the book of Revelation 5, 8 down to 10. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And have, re and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Now, before we explain Revelation 5, 8 to 10, does this passage sound familiar at all to you? <laughs> what is this passage about? It's about the 24 elders singing a song. What is the song about? It's about the lamb who redeemed people with his shed blood so that they would become kings and priests who will reign on the earth. What do you notice in this passage? When the 24 elders sang this song, what did they say? You notice the reference to the pronouns, us. Right? The 24 elders in their song, they sang and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Wait a minute. Celestial beings, are they redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? No. So the blood of the Lamb is for human beings, not celestial beings. In verse 10, it says, and have made us kings and priests to our God. Are celestial beings that? No. We shall reign on the earth. Are celestial beings supposed to reign on the earth? No. Human beings were created to reign over the earth. It was sabotaged by the enemy in Genesis, right? Adam failed to fulfill his part, but Yahuwah did not give up. So he's recreating Adam, the ecclesia, right? So we have the new Adam, Yahusha, and the ecclesia. And so now those who belong to Yahusha they're kings and priests, and now they can fulfill the purpose for why he created Adam, which is to dominate the earth. And so this is not for celestial beings. And so when we look at this part of scripture, because of the use of the pronoun us and we, it tells us that 24 elders have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb because they said us. So they're included among those who were redeemed. And if they're redeemed by the blood of the lamb, it tells us they cannot be celestial beings, but human beings. So the 24 elders have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and become kings and priests. So we have here several reasons to build a case. The 24 elders mentioned in Revelation are human beings and not celestial beings. What's reason number one? The term elder, which suggests maturity, can only be appropriately used of human beings. And in fact, have only been uh, been used to refer to human beings prior to revelation. Number two, human beings who overcome and not celestial beings sit on thrones. White robes that represent good deeds are given to human beings and not celestial beings. Crowns are given to human beings as a prize to win. And when you look at it collectively, right, the thrones, the good deeds, and the crowns, that all indicates the assembly, which are human beings who belong to Yahusha, because those three things are promised to the overcomers who belong to the assembly. And lastly, which I believe to be the most potent of all, is the, uh, the 24 elders have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and become kings and priests according to Revelation 5, 8 down to 10, right? So do we have a good case for the 24 elders being human beings? Yeah, 
And so we have two cases here, the first case and this case. Which do you, do you kind of uh, fall into? Which do you prefer? Which do you believe is more believable? Case one or case number two? My wife says case number two, <laughs> right? So that's, and she makes a good argument because those are pretty powerful reasons, right? To believe that the 24 elders are human beings. And I also, I'm also leaning towards case number two. Of course, we cannot really say with 100% confirmation because we don't have enough biblical clues. But the clues that we have are pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? But I think among the reasons given, I think the last one seems to be very powerful, right? The last one, 24 elders have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, become kings and priests according to what? Revelation 5, 8 to 10. So this is for case number two, 24 elders being human beings. Remember Revelation 5, 8 to 10? Well, that's the same verse that we used to build case number one. <laughs> the 24 elders were distinct from the people purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Same verse, Revelation 5, 8 to 10. Well, how could that be? <laughs> how can you use the same verse to support one case and to support the other case? Well, let's compare the two. You see, in the first usage, I use the NIV translation. In the second usage, I use the New King James translation. Let's compare both translations side to side. Is that okay? Here it is. Revelation 5, 8 to 10, the New King James on the left, the NIV on the right. And so on the left, when they're singing the song, 24 elders, it says, redeemed us, right? You made us king and priest to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And so in the New King James, the 24 elders identify themselves among those who have been redeemed by the blood. Therefore, they're human beings. You get it? But in the NIV, there's a different pronoun. It's not us, but them, right? With your blood, you purchased men. You purchased them. Verse 10, you have made them to be a kingdom, and they will reign on the earth. And so in the NIV translation, the 24 elders are not being identified as the ones being redeemed by the blood, but someone other than them. Because in their song, they sing, they purchase men, and you have made them, right, that they will reign on the earth. So do you see the, the big difference between the two translations? The New King James, it says us. And the NIV, it says them. So which is correct? <laughs> because the, the difference there is makes a big difference in your understanding of the, the passage, right? Does it, does it not? And so which makes us really, really contemplate on which translation do we select? Which translation do we believe in? Because is it them or is it us? <laughs> That's a funny way to question. Is it them or is it us? Is it them? This is how the Greek looks like, them, or us. That's how the Greek looks like, us. See, we have to understand something about our English translations. And so we need to know uh, the field of textual criticism. You see the Bible that we have? NIV, New King James Version. That's not the original Bible, right? Or where is the original Bible? We don't have the actual original Bible because it's probably dissolved. Because the original Bible, the original manuscripts were written in animal skin called parchment. And they dissolve over time. So they probably don't haven't preserved that. And so where do we base the new, the English translations of our present Bible from? Well, they come from New Testament manuscripts. And these manuscripts, the New Testament manuscripts, well, they come from different places and from different time periods. And so when we look, for example, the New Testament manuscripts from which the English translators have produced the New Testament Bible. They come from different places and different time periods. The earliest is like the second century between 100 to 199 AD. 
you see that on the far left, right? And then third century, 200 to 299 AD. And so when you're talking about Alexandrian or Greek manuscripts, the, earliest, the earlier ones were Greek manuscripts, but the most numerous ones are the Byzantine manuscripts, which were produced in the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th century. So you have numerous manuscripts from the Byzantine era, from, from the Byzantine manuscripts, but not too many when it comes to the Greek manuscripts, right? And so when you compare all these New Testament manuscripts, for the most part, for the most part, they agree with each other, okay? I mean, there's only like very insignificant minor changes between manuscripts. One of those, one of those changes and variances happens to be the us or the them, right? <laughs> And so when you look at all the manuscripts together, all the New Testament manuscripts uh, from the Alexandrian to the Egyptian to the Agnetic to the Western to the Byzantine, well, it turns out numerous New Testament manuscripts support both. <laughs> they support both them and us, which brings us into a quandary. And so a person thinking about this matter would probably ask himself, well, which one is the earliest manuscript, right? Because the one theory goes, the earlier manuscripts will contain the more accurate information, right? And so which one was the earliest? Well, according to the manuscripts that we have, the earliest uh, manuscript that contains the complete New Testament is the Codex Sinaiticus. So this is a, uh, a collection of written New Testament, the whole, the complete New Testament. And it was between 300 and 399 AD, right? And it just so happens that the, according to the Codex Sinaiticus, and the Codex Sinaiticus was the basis for Erasmus, one of the translators in, to use uh, Greek. He used this to create the Textus, uh, the, the Textus Receptus, which is the basis for New King James because Codex Synacticus supports the us translation. And so the earliest complete manuscripts support the us translations. However, there are still many numerous translations that support the them translation. And so the Codex Synacticus, which is the basis for the New King James, when you go to, to the very root of the translation of the New King James, well, it tells us that the us pronoun is what is supported. And so when we read the passage, the song of the 24 elders, it goes like this and have redeemed us. So the 24 elders are including themselves in the song. They're identifying themselves as the song, as the recipient of the blessing of being redeemed by the blood of Yahusha. And because of this redemption by the blood of Yahusha, they would become kings and priests and they would rule on the earth. And so that's the song, right? And so the 24 elders are singing the song. But here's another puzzle. You see the puzzle? It's not just the 24 elders singing the song. Who's also singing the song? <laughs> Who's also singing the song? The four living creatures. Wait, are you saying that the four living creatures? are also singing the song that they have been redeemed. And so one could make the argument because the four living creatures are also singing the song, then it would mean that the proper translation is not us, but them, which would suggest that the 24 elders are celestial beings, just like the four living creatures and not human beings. You know, you can go back and forth, make an argument for this case and an argument for that case. And so, it's a great mystery, it's a great mystery, right? Are they celestial beings? Are they human beings? For the reasons I mentioned, I lean towards human beings, okay? Some of these other arguments that pop up, I believe they can be rectified. They can be harmonized eventually. So that's how I'm gonna answer the first two questions. And then we'll go to this one or these just visions and metaphors. Well, we have to keep in mind when the Apostle John is describing the 24 elders and the living creatures, 
he is describing what he sees in his vision. He's not describing they, them literally, but symbolically, because after all, he sees the lamb, right? I mean, is Yahusha an actual physical lamb? The lamb is symbolic. And so what this tells us is the book of Revelation in the vision of the Apostle John is communicating to us a message that we need to decipher using the understanding of symbols and how symbols have been introduced in the Holy Scriptures. And so we use the symbols of Revelation and understand those symbols using the symbols already set up in the Holy Bible, primarily in the book of Genesis. And so in Revelation 4, when the Apostle John is brought to heaven, the doors open, and, you, and he sees a vision of the throne of God. He says, I will, the, the vision tells him, I will show you things which must take place after this. And so what is to be shown to the Apostle John is not what's happening now or what was happening during his time, but what's going to happen in the future. And so what he's seeing is a vision. And in this vision, there are symbols. And so when he sees the vision of the 24 elders, I believe what he is receiving is a message concerning the success of the work of redemption for human beings. So the 24 elders represent in the vision of the Apostle John, the triumph and the victory of, the 20, of human beings who have been redeemed by the blood of the land. This is why to answer this question here, I'm just curious because we learned that the dead will rise on judgment day. So if the 24 elders are human beings in the division in Revelation 4, does it mean they're actual human beings? No, it's a vision. And so it doesn't mean they were resurrected on that day. No, Apostle John is given a vision of what's going to happen in the future, not what is happening at present while the Apostle John was receiving the message. And so it's a vision. And so in that vision, it communicates to him the triumph of the 24 elders, which is the fact that they are sitting on thrones with white robes, with a crown. In other words, the plan succeeds. The plan does not fail. The purpose of Yahuwah is fulfilled, right? And so human beings, they will rule on earth. They will wear crowns. They will wear the white robes because of the success of the Lamb of God, because of Yahusha's triumph. That's what we need to understand. And so who are the 24 elders? Well, we don't really know. But I have an, I mean, I believe they represent human beings who would be triumphant. Overcomers. That's who they are. They represent the overcomers who, by the blood of the Lamb, are able to receive the promises of Yahusha. And even more important, identifying who the elders are is what the message of the 24 elders are. Because when we go through the book of Revelation, you basically have the 24 elders expressing praise in five different occasions. And then we can kind of string out the message. Because more important than knowing who the 24 elders are is knowing what their message is. And perhaps their message will tell us who they are. Okay. And so just really briefly before we conclude, let's go ahead and look at all the different things that they said. Because you can gain a lot about who they are by looking at what they said. Okay. Revelation 4, 10 to 11. Uh, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Yahuwah, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will, they exist and were created. And so the 24 elders are affirming, they're confirming and they're praising and thanking Yahuwah because he created them. He created all things. And so that's one of the messages that we need to receive as people of Elohim. We need to be thankful. Thankful just because we are alive. So many people today take life for granted. We must not take life for granted. We exist because of the love of Yahuwah. We are here because Yahuwah created us. The universe is here because Yahuwah gave us provision. We have sunlight. We have the oxygen we breathe. We have animals. We have trees. Everything Yahuwah created, he created for human beings. When you think of creation, this speaks powerfully about Yahuwah's plan for humanity. 
Because the universe was created for man. Do you know that? You, when, when, when we're reading the Bible, the Bible is a man-centric book. It's about man. It's about Yahuwah's plan for man. And so when we think about creation itself, it's not about the angels. It's about human beings. So we get a clue there. We praise Yahuwah for creating all things. And all things were created for human beings. Think about it, right? Days one all the way to day five, all and the day six as well. All of that was created for human beings. Yahuwah said, um, what did he say when he created Adam and Eve? He said to spread, right, and take over, have dominion over the face of the earth, rule the earth. That's the plan of Yahuwah. The plan of Yahuwah for creation is for man to rule over the earth so that he can be like him. He was created in, he was created in the image of Elohim, okay? So that's one. Uh, another one, right, the, in the singing of the song. And have redeemed us. All right, let's go sing the whole. Let's go sing the whole song. And verse nine. And they sang a new song, saying, "You are worthy to take the scroll, referring to the Lamb, and to open its seals, for you are you were slain, and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have been made and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth." And so it follows the pattern of the purpose of creation. See, Yahuwah's plan all along to create human beings is for them to reign on the earth. But because of the devil, it was sabotaged. And so they could not reign over the earth. Who eventually reigned over the earth? The devil. This is why the earth has to be redeemed. This is why we have a kinsman redeemer who opens the scroll, which is the title deed to the earth. And so Yahushua is the key. This is why who is worthy to open the scrolls? Oh, it's the lamb. Why? Because by his shed blood, human beings were redeemed. And human beings, because of that shed blood, will now be able to reign over the earth. You see that? Because that was the plan of Yahuwah all along, right? Revelation 7. This is what it says. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So in Revelation 7, the 24 elders are basically saying, you know, Yahuwah should be thanked. He should be given blessing because of the triumph of the saints. Because Revelation 7 is about those who come out of the great tribulation and receive the blessing of Yahuwah. In Revelation 11... 16 or 18, and the 24 elders who sat before God on the thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Yahuwah God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Again, here, we have a clue. The 24 elders are praising Yahuwah because time will come when those who destroy the earth will be judged and removed. And then the saints of Abba, they're going to be rewarded. What is that reward? They're going to be given the throne. What else? The crown. What else? And the white robe. And so the, the continuity of the promise of Yahuwah for man, which was supposed to be Adam, and so now he recreates Adam. You get a new Adam through Yahusha, because Yahusha is called the second Adam. But the ecclesia with Yahusha, it's the one new man. And so the one new man is being portrayed here as receiving the reward. And they will rule over the earth, and those who destroy the earth will be removed. And lastly, in Revelation 19, 14, it says the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. Right? So that basically concludes it. And so the reason why this is the last time the 24 elders show up is because the triumph, it's been completed. And so the appearance of the 24 elders, I believe, is to communicate to the apostle John that human beings will eventually triumph 
and fulfill its very purpose to rule on the earth because of the lamb, his shed blood, and the fact that he will appear as king of kings and lord of lords in Revelation 19. This is why the 24 elders conclude with, concludes by saying amen. Hallelujah. What does amen mean? Amen means it's an expression of firm and absolute trust and confidence because amen in Greek comes from the Hebrew word um, amam, which means firm belief. And so when you say amen, it's an expression of firm and absolute trust and confidence. Hallelujah means praise Yahuwah. Halal, which means praise, and Yah, which is, of course, the short name of Yahuwah. So praise Yah, halal Yah, praise Yahuwah. That's the conclusion. That's how we should end. We're go what, what the 24 elders are saying to us, basically what they're communicating to us, is that human beings are going to triumph in the end. Not because we're good, but because of who? Because of the lamb. He's going to be his blood, his shed blood is going to give us the victory over the enemy. It's going to give us the opportunity to fulfill the purpose of Yahuwah for all creation, which is that human beings will reign over the earth. And so this will be fulfilled in human beings, not celestial beings. This is why I really believe the 24 elders represent human beings who are overcomers who will receive the promise of Yahuwah and who will eventually reign over the earth. Praise Yahuwah. And so when we get the message of the 24 elders, it basically says this, Yahuwah should be thanked, praised, and honored because he created all things and sent his son Yahusha so that we can be redeemed by his blood to become kings and priests who will reign on the earth. We can firmly and absolutely trust that Yahuwah's plan and purpose to reward his people will be fulfilled. And so... The aman part, the amen part, that is very key. Because right now, it doesn't seem like that's going to be fulfilled. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a triumph over evil. The way wickedness is so everywhere today. But the Bible says, and the message of the 24 elders, amen. Halal, yeah. Hallelujah. In other words, we need to express firm and absolute trust in Yahuwah that he will fulfill his purpose. He will fulfill his plan. The Bible says, Yahuwah works. Who can hinder it? It will be fulfilled, brethren. Right now, maybe some of us are sad. Maybe some of us are sick. Maybe some of us feel overwhelmed. Maybe some of us are losing hope. Brethren, remember Yahuwah's purpose. It will be fulfilled. Because we have been given a vision of this victory represented by the 24 elders sitting on the thrones with white robes and a crown. That's the possibility that we can receive if we have hope, if we have faith in our father, Yahuwah, and in his son, Yahusha HaMashiach. And so it's a message of hope. It's a message of trust, confident trust in the saving power of Yahuwah. Through his son, Yahusha HaMashiach. That is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, loving and gracious Yahuwah, you are so good, worthy of praise and honor. Our lips, our hearts, our souls can never muster enough power to fully express what you deserve. That is impossible for us. Because what you have done and continue to do, it baffles the human mind. The way it is so far-reaching, it is so deep, you overwhelm us with joy when we think about the future, about the victory, about the triumph. So when we face adversities in the present, teach us to look forward that we are going to be victorious, not because we are good, but because you are good and all-powerful and your purposes will never be thwarted. Thank you for giving us your son. Yahushua HaMashiach. You are our king. The victory has already been won. You sit on your throne and we believe one day we will sit alongside you. But who are we that we make that claim? But by faith, we believe. We are invigorated 
because of that future that we long for when you will come back and you will take us where you dwell now we will forever be with you we will forever be your instruments loving king be with us now teach us to place our faith in you that we will hold on to you in the crowns that you have given us father thank you for your message bless your people always as we place our complete hope and trust in your mighty hands we believe father you have listened to our prayers but we ask and beg everything in the name of our lord and savior yahusha hamashiach amen